Who are you being when you're being most yourself? Oh, wow. I hope I can answer that question well. There's I no know right I'll, have, I'll have a perfect answer in a few days. You know, it's it not be, a test. <laughs> it will be following me as I try to sleep and then I'll think of a perfect answer. I have never been happier than now. I am so content with my life and satisfied with what I've achieved. And it's not about money or status, which I had more before, to be honest. Mm -hmm. It's about waking up in the morning and doing exactly what I set out to do. I'm Renata Bernardi, and this is the Job Hunting Podcast, where I interview experts and professionals and discuss issues that are important for job hunters and those who are working to advance their careers. So make sure that you subscribe and follow, and let's dive right in. Here's the story behind this episode. Goodman has been a guest on this podcast a couple of times. I will link her episodes below because I want you to go and check them out. Listeners love Cassie. My clients love Cassie. They have her books. She teaches a masterclass inside my group coaching program, Job Hunting Made Simple. And we collaborate on many things together because there is a symbiosis on what we care about and how we serve our clients that work really well in combination. A few months ago, Cassie started her own podcast. Her show is called True Power, and you can find it on Apple and Spotify. It's such a great listen, everyone. Her guests are real professionals just like you, and Cassie is great at bringing out their stories and allowing them to feel comfortable with their vulnerability. The first episode blew my mind. I totally recommend you go and listen to at least that one in particular. I still think about it all the time, and I want to have her guest on my show. The guest name is Jasmine Malky, or is it? I don't want to spoil it for you, so please go and check out that episode. So I was her second guest for her second episode of True Power. It's always a blast when Cassie and I have a chat. I'll be honest with you, it really flows naturally and we work super well together. I decided to ask her permission to share that episode of True Power here with you today because I listened to it again recently and I thought, well, I don't think anyone knows these things about me. <laughs> I haven't shared this insight on my show. There's also a few pearls that I wanted my childhood friends to listen to, as I love them so much and I think they will enjoy the stories that I shared with Cassie. So what is this episode about anyway? It's about finding happiness. It's about planning and adjusting your plans until they feel right. Then doing new plans because you changed or because the world changed. It's about knowing who you are and finding a way to be comfortable with it and deal with the criticism and the challenges along the way. It's working with your talents, not against it. And giving you examples of my own life to illustrate all of these ideas in real life. I really love this chat. Cassie, you are a gem and I can't wait to have lunch with you soon and plan new projects for 2024. And to you, listener, I hope that this chat inspires you. I would recommend asking yourself the same questions that 
Cassie asked me in this episode. Write those answers down. This could be a great project for you to do over the holidays. I will have all the questions that Cassie asked me listed in the episode show notes to make this project easier for you. And finally, in this episode, I mentioned strengths and talents a lot, and I referred to my favorite strengths assessment for career planning, which is Talent Predicts. I am a Talent Predicts global partner. I think I was, in fact, the first one they announced when Talent Predicts was founded a few years ago, or two years ago now. Oh gosh, time flies. And I'm very proud to be collaborating with them. When you do a Talent Predicts assessment, you get this amazing report that lists your top talents, your personal values, your career drivers. It's all explained for you in a report that you can use to prep for interviews, to write your personal pitch, to write your LinkedIn about section. I kid you not, the report is awesome. So go to my website and go to my services page and learn more about Talent Predicts. My service is called Find My Talents. So if you click on Find My Talents, you will find a Talent Predicts assessment. I charge 97 Australian dollars at the moment. This price will go up very soon, unfortunately. So if you're listening to this later, I'm sorry if the price has gone up. So it's 97 Australian dollars. If you are in the US or the UK, the Australian dollar is very good for you. So I would urge you to have a look in and see if you're interested in finding more about your talents by doing the Talent Predicts report. I love the names of my services. They are all very simple. You know, Find My Talents is exactly what you will get when you do the Talent Predicts assessment. Then we have Reset Your Career, Job Hunting Made Simple, the other two services that you will find on my website. And of course, you know, the name of this podcast, the Job Hunting Podcast. Yes, it is exactly. It does what it's supposed to do, right? My website, for those who don't know, is renatabernardi.com. That's R-E-N-A-T-A-B-E-R-N-A-R-D-E.com. And there will be a link to it in the episode show notes. And without further ado, here's Cassandra Goodman and me talking about talents, happiness, and why first plans are never the best ones. My first question is this. Can you share with us a moment in your history, a moment in your life when you felt like you were not being true to yourself? Oh, okay. I need to choose only one. (laughs) There are many moments I wasn't being true to myself. I dropped out of uni a couple of times early on. And I always say this to my clients. I wanted to like to like things, but I didn't. And it's the same when, for example, you really want to like to go to the gym but you don't like to go to the gym. (laughs) So I wanted to be a certain type of person as an adult. And I tried really hard to be that type of person that I romanticized in my head. And I went to university thinking that, you know, if I studied hard and if I did this, you know, degree Mm -hmm. and if I had this sort of friendships that I would achieve that, but it made me unhappy. And it broke my heart, to be honest, because I had 
already thought it all through because I'm a planner. <laughs> so I thought if I had planned it well enough, it would just happen. And I think a lot of my clients and other professionals are still in that kind of situation. When you think about something you want to achieve and you work really hard and then you don't want to let it go, even mm. though you know it's not true to you. Do you find yeah. that with your clients as well? Yes. Oh, mm. yes. Absolutely. And this idea that, wait a minute, this was the plan. I've got to stick to the plan. Yeah. yeah. And one of my favorite saying from agile methodology is actually the first plan is the worst plan. Oh, <laughs> but we yeah. tend to forget that, that the first plan is the worst plan. Because when we make that first plan, in the case of your story, you didn't mm. really perhaps yet understand what you wanted. Perhaps that kind of sequence of events that you'd mapped out in your head was a standard sequence of events that one must do in order to be, uh, air quoting here, successful. So I'm curious about that plan that you kind of logically constructed that when you start actually enacting that plan in your heart, you knew this is not the right plan for me. It seemed good in theory, but in my lived experience of executing this plan, it's not really resonating with who I really am. And so I'm curious about what insight you have about where that plan came from. If it didn't kind of emerge from within your heart as your plan, what's your understanding of where that, where you absorbed that that was a plan you should uh -huh. follow? Well, that's actually an interesting story and I wonder what you will make of it because it came from my heart. It mm -hmm. came from my love of history, of story, of art and beauty. And my first degree was history. I wanted to be a historian and more specifically an art historian. And I went to university. So my idea of success, you know, my ambition, I believe everybody is ambitious you know, but that doesn't mean that my ambition was to make a lot of money at the time. It wasn't, you know, to make a lot of money and go up in the corporate ladder. Far from it. I despised that sort of career. I didn't want that career for myself. I wanted to be an intellectual, a scholar, somebody who would sit and analyze things and work in museums. And, and that was what I wanted to do. So it came from in fact, a talent that I have. So when I did my Via Character Strengths, the first talent was appreciation of art and beauty. And it almost made me cry because by then I had already given up on, on becoming an art historian. The reason why it wasn't a suitable career for me and a path for me to follow was because I need people. Ah. I, need, I am an extrovert. Kind of, you know, I think as I get older, I really seek out opportunities to be alone, but I really love being around people and I love giving advice and I love leading, I have to admit. And slowly as I got older and matured, I understood the corporate world and the opportunities in it. And I wanted that more and more as time went by. So I moved from art history to civil engineering, which was also not a good move for me. You know, very quickly, I decided that I didn't like what I was studying. And then when I moved to Australia, that's when I finally finished a degree and that was the Bachelor of Commerce. And I loved every moment of it. I enjoyed every single subject. I think it was partly because I was older 
but partly because everything that was being said just resonated with me. You know, there was a part of me that instinctively understood what was being told and and I knew I could do the role of a manager, the role of a, a colleague or a member of a team. I knew I could do it. It was very interesting. And I hadn't felt that before in my previous studies. Yeah, that's beautiful. And, you know, we've known each other for many years, but I did not realize that appreciation of beauty and excellence was your number one character strength. Mm -hmm. But that makes perfect sense. You know, for those Mm -hmm. of you who watch this on the video, Renata has this beautiful office with this beautiful art behind her. When I think about the, you know, we were talking about our websites recently and, and the care that you take on creating a beautifully designed digital experience that your clients interact with. And when I think about the feedback you've given me on my books and your noticing of the detail that I work so hard to create a high quality book and your deep appreciation of the quality and effort I put into my books, you know, through those examples, those three examples, I see your essence of this appreciation of beauty and excellence to just really radiating through you and and that what was lacking in that first degree was the combination of that with the community piece with the leadership piece and perhaps with the bigger impact piece so yeah that that story makes a lot of sense to me and it helps me yeah better kind of get clearer on your your essence Mm -hmm. this this blend of beauty appreciation of beauty and excellence with community with leadership yeah, thank you for sharing that. That makes a lot of sense. And I, I love that. I'm a true believer that everybody should do the via character strengths mm-hmm. and other strengths assessment tests. I work with Talent Predicts, which is more aligned with the work I do as a career coach, because it's so good to validate things you already know about yourself and also be able to explain it to people. So when growing up, for example, in my family, I was always known as being a fussy person. She's such a fussy mm. person. Things have to be a certain way for Renata, you know, what she dresses and her room and how she decorates everything. And and people used to make fun of me, of course, you know, because that's what we do when you're kids. Kids can be quite cruel <laughs> and family yes. members can be cruel too. <laughs> and And now I look back and I say, well, that's just who I am. And I embrace that. So I I was in Sydney for a couple of days last week. And we went to go to the opera, which my husband and I love. We love going to the opera. He likes it more than I do. But I, I appreciate it. You know, I love art and, and I appreciate everything. And there could be nothing better for me to do than the next day, go to the Sydney Opera House and sit there for three and a half hours watching Don Quixote like there's nothing more rewarding for me than that and when you learn about your strengths it doesn't necessarily need to be applied to your work it's applied to you as a person right it can be a hobby it can be how you feel your time it can be how you talk to your friends the sort of relationships you have how you raise your kids like it can be part of other things not just your career and that's what I had to come to terms with (laughs) I I appreciate art but I don't necessarily need to be doing it or critiquing it it's not part of you know what I want to do as as my career but Mm. but if I could offer something up there in terms of this idea that that our essence 
doesn't necessarily need to, you know, flow through or permeate our work. I, I would offer a different perspective because I see your essence is this, this uh, when I think about essence, I think about there's all different active ingredients to our essence and, you know, like drops of essential oil and you've got quite a few drops of appreciation of beauty and excellence in there and then you have a few drops of community and leadership and other beautiful aspects of your essence. But I do see this particular aspect of your essence, who you are at your core, who you're being when you're being most yourself, which is a, a human who has a deep appreciation and reverence for beauty and excellence. I see that shine through your work very, yeah. very clear. I see oh, it thank in your you. yes. workspace. I see I, it in your yeah. website. I see it in the feedback you give. I see it in what you pay attention to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So mm-hmm. maybe I feel like our essence does illuminate all aspects of our <laughs> lives if it's activated. But then some, but sometimes it's invisible because you just do what you do. You know, you can't imagine having some sort of ugly, clunky website, right? You couldn't live with yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> right. But you, just, you have you to just... remember that before I had my own business, I was an executive, you know, implementing projects and CRM solutions like Salesforce or hiring lots of people and structuring businesses. And that was something that I knew it was part of my delivery and impact that I could have in an organization. I knew that I could deliver, for example, for many years, I organized very large events or very important events. I've done events at the Sydney Opera House in Oxford, in Australian Parliament, you know, here in Melbourne Crown Casino for, you know, state premiers and governors and prime ministers and whatnot, like people really VIPs and I am I know that that appreciation and that strength was one of the components of making everybody have an amazing experience at the events that I was involved in. I, I know that. But that's not something that when you're thinking about your career or or when I'm working with my clients, right? And they get the results from their via character strengths and it looks odd. The first thing they say is like, why am I an accountant? <laughs> you know. So we need to kind of do what you're doing, dig deep and kind of analyze it and reflect. You're right, you know. Mm-hmm. But the other thing I didn't use to do was to convey that I was as I was being employed, I used to focus more on the skills and the experience that I had and then wow them with the presentation, you know, like it's it's a hard sell to say, oh, my top strengths. What what are your strengths, Renata, when you're talking to a headhunter? I'm like, oh, it's <laughs> appreciation of beauty and excellence. Yes. Can I start? <laughs> you know what I mean? You have right. to and translate it, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it's in the how, you know, we we yeah. all have a unique how we work, mm-hmm. right? People who work with you experience the the way you work and the way you work the experience you give to your clients is unique to you and I, and I see that appreciation of beauty and excellence shining through the way you're being with me with your clients with all that you come in contact with and I think it's yeah that's been really a clarifying conversation it makes a lot of sense you know a few you know bits of yeah, getting to know you have fallen into place there. And I think you're a great example of someone who's embracing and activating their essence with awareness and with discernment, of course, because, yeah, 
it's got to be an appropriate translation of that essence into the work at hand. But I think you're a beautiful example of someone who's living into that. Yeah, and so have, I have one I have one more question because I think that was a, a wonderful conversation and a rich reflection on the importance of understanding and activating our essence. So so my question is really about a, a moment in time when you got feedback from the outside world that perhaps this way of being, this deep appreciation for beauty and es- excellence, what the world perhaps labelled as a fussiness. Mm-hmm. Was there a moment that sticks with you maybe as, as a younger child, a moment when the world around you said, Renata, you're too fussy, you need to be less fussy. And was there a moment that stuck with you when that created some level of incongruence or challenge for you? in being told that, to basically not be yourself? Um, I think there are funny moments. <laughs> there are funny moments. I, I'm, I'm sure that there, there were times at work when people lost their patience with me. Um, and, and I remember getting feedback about things like that. And so let's talk about work first. The way that I used to explain, uh, you know, the importance of creating an experience was by communicating it and kind of share so I'm I'm having difficulty finding the words here but it was really almost creating like a manifest okay this mm-hmm. is like what is the the name of Tom Cruise in that movie Jerry Maguire kind of because so a manifesto and I'm 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 big on that even when I created my own business and it was just me I still created a manifesto for it but I what I used to say, so let's say, let's go back to the example of those events, you know, was like, I'm being fussy and I'm being particular because we compete with everything else. Mm. For somebody to wake up at 6 a.m. to attend an event at 7 a.m. at Crown mm. Casino, which is like an hour away from where they live, you're competing with time with family. You're, you know, you're not competing with another industry association that's organizing another event no you're competing with time in bed time with family taking the kids to school you know so so it was really explaining why it was so important when they landed at crown casino for a breakfast at 7 a.m that they were absolutely wowed yeah by the experience that we had thought things through, who they were going to sit next to, who was on stage, what sort of topics were going to be most interesting for them, what sort of food were they going to eat. So I was really into that experience and I wanted people to go out and want to come back again next week, right? So it had to have that. So it was over-explaining. The funny things really happen in my childhood, teenage years and adulthood where I basically forced my friends to (laughs) read books and appreciate art and go to the ballet with me. (laughs) And the forced appreciation society. Yes, yes, yes. And and they remember it, you know, and and Mm -hmm. I was back in my home country last year and we were looking at diaries and and it was so cute like this friend of mine had all of her diaries from grade one all the way to university and we were reading it over the weekend we went to the beach together and we were reading it and there would be one entry where she was having fun with friends and 
you know, doing sort of something super cheeky or naughty. And then the other entry was like, oh, Renata came over and we studied for English together. Like, you know, I, <laughs> I was the one that they will call when they either needed to study or understand something or they needed advice or they were running away. And this friend in particular used to run away from home and, and where would she go? She would come to my place. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure that was a relief for her parents. (laughs) And so it sounds like though, even as a young child, child, you really have this strong awareness. No, this is, Mm. this is me. This is what I need to do. And I'm going to engage and enroll others in this appreciation of what, what matters here. So I think that's really, really beautiful that as you look back to your childhood and in your friend's diaries, you see this, this enthusiasm for beauty and excellence shining through. And so it doesn't sound like this message from the outside world that saw this appreciation through this lens of someone who was too fussy. It doesn't sound like that had a no, There was a mix of that. There was a mix of that. There was a bit of bullying, but, but my close friends, who are my friends to this day, gave me constructive feedback I remember <laughs> you know a friend of mine I actually tried to have a podcast with her because she's so funny and and didn't work <laughs> the, the time difference she's still in Brazil she's in Rio and she used to come into my bedroom and say your bedroom is too neat are you a teenager or are you like 80 years old like everything <laughs> and I I remember thinking yeah that's actually uncool so I need to find a style for my bedroom that is a little bit sort of a bit more relaxed and I changed a few things like the way relaxed I organize my books <laughs> yes. so before that. it was trendy to have the bed leaning a bit a bit sort of more soft on the bed I created that trend I remember sort of okay this is too nice to neat. let me just soften this up a bit at a throw <laughs> I love it I love it the adapting to what was socially the socially acceptable bounds of appreciation for precision yeah. and, and beauty uh, and so I think my my question then is around how today you know given all this you know you're a leader who reflects you're a woman who reflects deeply given all the reflection and the inner work that you've done how would you describe then who you're being when you're being most yourself how would you encapsulate in language you know the vibrant pure expression of who you are at your core who are you being when you're being most yourself oh wow I hope I can answer that question well I know I'll have a perfect answer in a few days you know it will be a test (laughs) it will be following me while I just try to sleep and then I'll think of a perfect answer I have never been happier than now. I am so content with my life and satisfied with what I've achieved. And it's not about money or status, which I had more before, to be honest. Mm -hmm. It's about waking up in the morning and doing exactly what I set out to do. This plan of being a career coach has been bubbling along for decades. (laughs) And I thought I would do it much later in life and I just brought it forward by a decade and it was the best thing I did I'm very I don't know if I'm answering your question but I I wake up in the morning and 
yes, there are stresses and, you know, I have a, a whole bunch of things that I would love to have done already and it hasn't been done yet. You know, when you're a business owner, you and I know it's all about time management, but I enjoy what I'm doing so much and working with clients and seeing the results and learning from the clients that have now and applying those learnings to the next lot of clients that I'll have, you know, in a few weeks or a day's time. That is just the, the best feeling in the world. I have never been happier. How do you describe that feeling? Like, how, how do you feel in this moment where you're like, okay, this is it. I'm doing the work I'm born to do in the way I was born to do it. So, you know, one of the things I say is that I help leaders love who they're being, not just what they do. Because when we stay connected to our essence, that's what becomes possible, right? So yeah. so tell us a little bit more. Give us a glimpse in your inner experience on these days when you just know in your bones you're doing what you were meant to be doing in the way you're meant to be doing it. Yes. I'll give you an example of what happened in the past couple of days. Because I am my own boss, and I know this is not always the case when you have a job, having said that, I have felt this sense of inner satisfaction and peace and accomplishment when I was working as well. And it's about finding the right culture and fit and team that works with you. But because I have total control of my business, I focus on working with my strengths, right? Mm. So on the talent predicts assessment, my top strengths are understanding others and leading and sort of foresight and thinking ahead. And if you're a career coach, that's exactly what you should be doing to help your clients. So I am focusing on what I know how to do well and just designing my work life around that. And for those talents on the wheel that I couldn't care less about, I don't worry. So yeah. precision, for example, I'm not precise. I'm not a precision person and I've never been. And that's why I've always loved to work as part of a team because, you know, I, I could choose things to delegate or escalate and precision was one of those. But now if I record an episode, which I did yesterday for the Job Hunting Podcast, and it's not a 10 out of 10, I don't fret about it. I don't worry. Yeah. You know, I'm like, I know that I have a community that will listen to this and take stuff away from it because I still recorded it with the best intentions. And I know that there is a message there for someone and I'm not going to re-record it over and over again until it loses its yeah its essence, like yeah, as you yes. say, and becomes something too sort of plasticky yeah. and no, no, it's, it's fine. You know, I'm doing it one episode a week of course there will be things that are not going to be perfect mm. but that's okay and I yeah and I go to sleep at night and I'm not worried about it yes so that's beautiful so if I can reflect back what I took from that answer about like, who are you being when you're being fully yourself you know I you use the word there's a sense of inner peace there's a sense of satisfaction there's a capacity to hold things lightly Mm -hmm. There's a capacity to trust that the goal is not perfection. The goal is you know, authenticity and realness and connection and sharing. 
And so, yeah, does that does that sound right for you that when you're being yourself, when your essence is activated and you're kind of getting out of your own way, and you know what I mean by that is that the parts of you that perhaps we all have parts that are less empowered, when, when those parts are quiet and you're connected to your core, you're a person that's peaceful, that's content, that's satisfied, and that's able to continue to create this, this, this wonderful work these conversations that you're capturing and sharing and all, yeah. all the other conversations you're part of, you continue to, to put this goodness out in the world in a, in a way that really embodies a sense of lightness and playfulness, which I think is when we're at our best, right? Yes. Yes, for me it is, you know, and I, I find that that resonates with my personality and with the, the talents that I have, the, the personal values that I have. I know that for some of my clients that would not resonate. And no, because they're not you. <laughs> no, no. And and I want I don't want people to listen to this and think, oh, you know, I want to be as relaxed as Renata is. I, you know, I have even my some of I have two boys. My oldest, he has a strong sense of justice. Yes. About yes. Things he needs to do in the world. And it comes from a warrior kind of mentality, which I do not have. So sometimes I just need to watch him and observe and not judge or not criticize or not sort of be scared by the things he decides to do. And some of my clients have, you know, completely different personalities as well and career drivers and personal yeah. values. So I think it's important for people to be kind to themselves and not sort of mimic or envision somebody and see that as an ideal when they have oh, to actually no, yeah. look from inside. And you're the best person to talk about that, in fact, not me. Yeah, yeah no, no, I'm not for a moment suggesting like, you know, do what Renata does. Be what yeah, Renata no, does. I just worry that people will listen. And I know I'm a very calm person and I have a calm voice. And I, a lot, I get a lot of feedback about that, about the podcast being a calming listen for somebody who is in distress or lost their jobs. Or, you know, I get a lot of feedback about that. So I feel like I'm in the zone that I should be, you know, that's the sort of uh, area that I, I should work with. Um, and I think that there will be other coaches that have a very different essence and they will be more go, go, go and more motivational and inspirational. And that's definitely not something that they will get yeah. from me. <laughs> I'm like, go rest, go sleep. <laughs> well, I think we've talked about this, right? The, t the space between roles is such a precious space right it is a place for reflection and pausing and taking our time to figure out who am I really and what is the work that's going to help me to best serve and to be myself so you know personally I, I think the energy and the essence that you bring to the work you do is exactly what's required at these really precious and rare moments in time between roles where we have this opportunity to reflect deeply and figure out who am I and what do I want to do with this one, you know, short and precious life. So thank you so much, Renata. I have loved our conversation. Thank you for all that you shared. And yeah, I, I hope we have the chance to have more conversations. Keep being yourself. I'd love to. Thank you so much for this opportunity, Cassie.